Welcome to The Truth We Know. So today we have a guest with us, uh, Chadza Ekpe. Hey. Uh, some may know her as um, our co-host's wife, Sam. <laughs> wife, yeah. Hey. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about social justice and I thought it would be good to get Chadza on the podcast because do you want to tell us about Rara and what you do with Rara and then we can move on to the, to the topic a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So I'm the co-founder and director of the Rara Education Project. And RARA stands for Real and Authentic Representations of Africans and Caribbeans. It's a bit of a mouthful, but at the heart of heart, it's looking at how we can pursue racial equality across learning and working spaces. So it, it requires us to work in community in community with organisations and, and all of the above. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what some, well, you would probably guess is that Chedzo is also a Christian. And I guess the first question I have for you today is, to what degree can we as Christians fight for social justice? Can we go out and can we riot, for example? Can we protest? Can we stop the M1 or the M25? Like, you know, <laughs> the, the Green Party do. Do you get what I mean? So how far can we no go? No comment. Um, I think it's uh, it's a hard question to ask and it's something I'm still trying to answer myself, John, if I'm honest with you. Mm. I find that in trying to pursue racial quality, equality or trying to address the issue of racial injustice the question I often ask myself is through what lens am I engaging in that piece of work mm -hmm. do I engage with it as a black person first or as a Christian first because okay. whichever lens you choose to engage with that really shapes your means and methods mm -hmm. um you know one conversation that we've had John is do you take a Martin Luther approach or a Malcolm X approach? Yeah. You know, what is what is the motive? What is the heart behind the pursuit of that justice? Mm. So if as a black person, I am pursuing justice for black people on account of what the white man has done to my people, is it that my justice is to see the white man suffer like my people did? Mm, okay. then the question you know what is justice is really the first question um but then if i'm looking through a faith lens my understanding of justice is very different from that which we pursue in the world okay um so in answer to your question i think number one it depends on the definition of justice that you're running with and what lens you're engaging with don't okay. know if i'm answering that question yeah, no, you are. And I think some verses come to mind, you know, if you talk about when Christ, you know, refers to an eye for an eye, for example. So in the terms of is justice uh, me making the perceived enemy or the perceived perpetrator suffer just as much yeah. as we have suffered in the past or my ancestors have suffered in the past? Then, mm. you know, as Christians, we'll turn to that and realize that, well, that can't be our aim because we've been told to turn the other cheek, yeah, even in the sake. So it's... I guess the difficulty there is looking at it from a Christian perspective, which may not be in our own worldly understanding efficient. Because yeah. I think when we look at the Malcolm X compared to Martin Luther, some may argue that, you know, Malcolm X method is probably a quick, like it's a quicker way to, to success because, mm -hmm. you know, you do ostracize a certain people. You say, you know what, that's our enemy. Mm. Let's join together. It's easy to combine, put people together when there's a common enemy. Yeah. But the problem is, is that the Christian approach, there is no enemy. Mm. Our enemy is spiritual things. It's sin. It's other things. It's not black issues. Yeah. You know? But, but even then though, John, where we see the words of Jesus or the instruction of Jesus and in how we ought to engage with our enemy, we have to love our enemy. Exactly. 
feed the stranger. Mm. So even if we do have a an apparent enemy that we stand before and that we engage with, that we perceive, mm. it's actually not for me as a Christian to wish ill and to wish to see the downfall of said enemy, mm-hmm. said perpetrator. So it almost feels like sometimes it feels almost a contradiction to engage in the the race equality, racial injustice issue while pursuing and holding to these these faith principles at the same time. But the, mm-hmm. the, it then boils down to definitions. What is our working definition? Um, and I think to ensure that I engage with the racial justice work from a Christian lens, the heart of hearts mm-hmm. has to be love. So... We know that ultimately the instruction of Jesus Christ was to love God and to love your neighbor. Can I pursue mm. racial injustice while loving my neighbor? Hence, mm. I would lean towards the Martin Luther approach in terms of his his heart towards the people. Mm. Now I can quote that I have a dream, but for him, you could see that there was there was a love pursuit in his 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 pursuit of racial justice. Yeah, and I think you see that in the fact that he also maybe had a larger following in terms of the fact that he was also able to draw people from other races into the fight with him. Because the mm. problem is, is if you take the Ma- Malcolm X approach, yeah. your, your supporters are only black. Yeah. And you, you basically say, you know what, even though the, the kind hearted and the good hearted, you know, that's quote unquote white folks, right. Who are also there for racial justice. Yeah. You actually say to them, don't want your help because you actually make other people, your enemy unnecessarily. Yeah. So, yeah. I think even when you look at the Christian approach, I think there is actually wisdom there in the long run. In the long run, I see wisdom there because yeah. we, want an, we want an environment and a society where all are treated equally. Mm. But if we start with the aim of making our enemies suffer, then can you say so at some point you're going to now change that aim? No, yeah. unfortunately, you've created a generation which will then feed another generation yeah. full of hatred, yeah. which is when, why we find sometimes where we have these discussions, the motivation of many is not a motivation of love yeah it's a motivation of it's you hate, must feel hatred and pain what we felt what yeah. we felt before retaliation mm-hmm. i think two quotes that i absolutely love is that every time someone pulls out eye for an eye someone tried to use that at me the other day and said yeah but in it cheds eye for an eye that's how we work mm. but then no but i remember hearing someone say that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind if mm. you're gonna gouge my eye out the way that i gouge your eye out then i've got one eye left and you take my eye out and i take your last eye out well nobody can see them mm. we're all you know we're blind together we're literally we <laughs> we're are all collectively suffer. blind do yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. now what do we do then once we've finished killing everybody off and causing, you know, the uttermost harm. Mm. Um, and even the, you can't fight fire with fire. It's just, you know, we're just going to... Yeah, I think... Burn. <laughs> <laughs> burn to crisp. Um, but yeah. So for me, it's, if we're going to use that approach to inflict suffering as a consequence of prior suffering, all we're doing is multiplying the suffering to no betterment of mankind. Mm. Um but I know that a lot of people would disagree with my approach. Hence, I stand by my approach of from a place of love because if we want to see any kind of change, it starts with changing hearts. Mm. It really starts. It, there's a, it's a heart issue at the heart of it, and that's maybe where that faith element comes in for me. Understanding the root of injustice is a heart issue. issue. Now, I think that's good because it comes on to my next question, which is how do we? How are we able to? navigate between the great commission which is for people's salvation 
And we understand that salvation is, is also eternally looking forward. It's not just upon this earth, are we in a better circumstance? We're mm. looking at beyond this earth. And we know that, you know, for some Christians, we're called to be persecuted. You know, for some Christians, we're called to suffer. So how do we navigate between, you know, understanding that the most important thing is people's salvation, not necessarily justice upon this mm, earth mm. although how bleak that may sound but that's the truth you know our, our our goal is eternity not this temporal world that you know by best cases maybe you live up to 85 yeah do you get what I mean so how do you navigate between giving that message and also fighting for social justice again that boils down to which lens you're wearing so mm -hmm. at that point I put my faith lens on to try and understand so recently myself and Sam have been studying Pauline epistles and this week particularly, we're looking at um, Paul's instruction to the Corinthian church mm -hmm. and how they ought to engage with suffering, how mm -hmm. they ought to respond to suffering of any kind. And at the heart of it, Paul was really driving home the point of how is God glorified in all your suffering, mm -hmm. in all your affliction, whatever it is. That you, now, we're not talking about social injustice or racial injustice there, but suffering as it stands. Mm -hmm. And in that, I think, to engage with the, the social justice issue is how is God glorified by my methods and means? Okay. Am I still modeling the love of Christ or the Christ's heart for the people in my approach mm -hmm. to this piece of work? Or am I communicating a very different message, an antichrist message by communicating any kind of hatred toward any of God's... These are all God's creation. I don't care what people have done. We are all God's creation. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm answering that for you. Jim. No, I think you are, and I. I think it, it does bring another question to mind. Which, for example, when we had you know the George Floyd issue happen and, and BLM rose up, mm. right? I always had this um, fight within myself in in the fact that I felt as though there were maybe too many negative things that BLM was associated with. So I didn't feel comfortable as a Christian to tie my name to the association. Now, obviously, we found out extra things about the association thereafter but at the time we didn't know that information right mm. so how do we deal with that as christians like can we put our names to things that also have negative you know viewpoints in society because parts of blm didn't involve rioting mm. right but as christians we're not we're not we're not advocating for that so how do you also balance that how do you make that decision for yourself personally what you choose no, to, I'm not gonna lie, John, put your name to um there was an internal conflict in 2020 for me personally. Mm -hmm. I remember even in church, people asking, is taking to the streets the right thing to do? Is it the most Christian thing to do? And there were so many um, arguments around how should we respond? Everybody wants to, all the young people in the church wanted to do something about it. And, mm. and I think the, the problem I have is something you said recently john that the problem with associating with an organization as wide or as huge as blm is that there are so many variables beyond your control so for me to say right i'm standing by blm because this is what they believe and this is what it is there were just, there's just so much that that was going on at the time that i wasn't too sure what what was the right thing to do i did not take to the streets personally Mm -hmm. Yeah, I posted a picture on the the black square that everybody was posting, but I was just like, "What? What is that?" I took it off afterwards. I was like, "This is doing absolutely jack Nothing. all." Yeah, and that is when Rara -Ra happened. Rara -Ra was born out of a response of what was going on. We didn't see 
a rightful response. There were so many people respond reacting mm. to injustice, and there was so much anger. There was it was such an emotive time. Yeah. But we the question that myself and Emma asked was when all the emotion has subsided, because that's, this, is, if this, this is what happens everywhere you go. Something crazy happens. It's all in the news. Everyone's talking about it, tweeting about it. And 24 hours, give it 24 hours. Give it one week. Give it one month. What are we still doing about it? Are we still upset? Do we mm. still feel that righteous anger about what has occurred? If mm. so, what is the response? And for us, we wanted uh, quite a longevity to our response that beyond the... Um, tweeting about it and taking to the streets, then what? A sustainable response to that injustice. So for us, we felt that education was a right way to go about it, which yeah. was sitting at table with those we feel have the power to influence the betterment or the, the advancement of those that are often marginalised and at the fa face of injustice. Um, but there are different forms of you know, activism and responses to of injustice. Course. The scripture tells us to defend the poor, to defend the oppressed, to seek justice on behalf of those that can't, on mm -hmm. behalf of themselves. Um, but to answer your question, I, it was a really difficult time because I didn't know what was the right thing to do. And I mm -hmm. believe that setting up some, an organisation such as RARA allowed us to do what was in our rightful conscience to do without contending against the law because you know you've got the question of you know yes the scripture tells us to obey all those that are in authority so there's a respect for authority but what happens when you see authority figures acting unjustly it's it's mm -hmm. how do you engage that so there was so much of a conflict that it just felt that this was the right thing to do or the, the right approach while we're still trying to establish the direction of our activism yeah, no, I, I hear that. And I think for me, I've had those struggles as well in the past from, for different reasons. One, because I see when Christ came upon the earth, his focus, although there was injustice in that time, the Israelites were under Roman rulership, but he didn't really speak on that. Mm. So to me, again, it just highlighted that in everything I do, I need to make sure that I'm thinking about the eternity of man's soul mm. before I think upon their presence you know, existence. Yeah. So I will always seek for the Christian message, the gospel message to come first or whatever I'm doing, let it show itself, right? In some way, in, shape, in or some way shape or form because that's yeah. the most important thing and then bring all the other important topics thereafter. But then there was also the, like similar to yourself, the issue I had with the fact that I felt as though if I go on social media now mm. and I speak about an issue but I have no action I'm so, to me, I feel hypocritical. Yeah. I feel like I'm doing this for pride, for clout, for yeah. drawing attention to myself. Mm. It does, didn't feel pure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the issue with a lot of social issues that, you know, sometimes a lot of people, keyboard warriors. Oh, people can be so put disingenuous. In, you want to put in loads of things online, but the fact of the matter is, what are you doing? Do you and actually care? That was what I was even looking for BLM. I said, okay, with this money that's going into this organization, what are you doing with it? And now we've seen they didn't do much whatsoever. No <laughs> the American BLM anyways, you know, there's a separation between the American and See, the British one, right? like that. This is what I mean about so many variables. So when mm -hmm. you say I identify with or associate with, what does that mean? If there's mm. so many sub organizations to this this brand, yeah, and they didn't they didn't define their values. Their, their values and principles. They didn't state that we are against rioting, for example. Yeah, I was looking or for. Or we that. are against violence, or we are against looting. But this is what we stand for. And this is why we are. You know, no guidance. Exactly. Framework. And for me, if there's no guidance, and also, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't ignore 
some of the influences to some of these things. I understood that, you know, we are close to elections. I understood that some of these things are pushed into society to cause discourse on purpose to rile people up to say, I'm voting this way because yeah. this person didn't say exactly what I wanted them to say. Do you get what I mean? And I saw the, this, how the media was manipulating, I believe, the minds of people, including yeah. Christians, to the fact that Christians are now holding this ideology that my blackness is greater than my Christness. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's, I think, is also another question. How do we make sure that we focus on our Christness more than our blackness? Which should be, therefore, if we focus on being in Christ, mm. when we see a white man, we still love him. But if we focus on being black, right. we're going to see a white man and something subconscious within us yep. is no going really to see knowing. someone who is not my own. And we should not be doing that. As a Christian, if I walk into a church that's majority white, I should feel at home because our connecting element is Christ Mm. and not our skin tone. Mm. So I think it's it's a difficult battle. And I think maybe the, the best focus for us as Christians is to do the simple things maybe. You know, continuing your word, continuing prayer, mm. practice love, mm. but not just to your own community. What gain, what makes you better than others if you only care for your own? Mm. What makes you better than others if you expect, you know, to be paid back for the loan in which you give? Is what that's, Christ was that's saying. That's countercultural though, John. Mm. That's a very countercultural perspective that... Yeah, culture is bad. Because <laughs> we live in a world where you do what you do to the benefit of you. And if, if a space or a person doesn't serve you, you know, you mm. step out of there, you pursue what's best for you. But if I then put my Christ lens on, I'm doing what I'm doing for the betterment of others, to the service of others, yep. to the building and to the edification of others. Yeah. So instantly, if I'm looking with my black lens first and I'm looking to the betterment of the black community... Mm. I've already taken off my Christ lens. Mm, mm, mm. So it, so if, so if we're sitting here with a group of Christians and half of the room identify with their race first and then the other half identify with their faith first, that's two different conversations, John. Yep. It's, we'll never see eye to eye we'll on our approach. We'll never agree on the right approach to dealing with issues of injustice in our world. Mm. But there are many who will then say, you've fallen, for example, I mean, some of the critics of Christianity in general will say you've fallen for the white man's religion. And this is I've, where... I've been told I'm whitewashed. I'm told, yeah. John, I've, I've been told that I'm oppressed in the mind, mm, that mm. I have allowed the colonizer to to brainwash me, mm. hence my approach to injustice. I've been, to, I've been called all kinds, John. Hey, I'm sure the... Hebrew Israelite messages oh, have, stop, have been blinging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There <laughs> God are those bless that your really souls. disagree that if you don't see the white man as the perpetrator, it's almost that you know you've been you've been socialized, colonized, brainwashed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. see them as such, or not to see them as such, and it's just. No, I think it's interesting because a lot of what we've brought up has made me even think about other topics we want to do in the future. Mm. Because it, it, even when you talk about the selfless, the selfishness of our society yeah. today, it's it drew my mind to also the issues with people finding a couple being in relationships because it seems as though everyone is like what's best for me as a woman what's best for me as a man what does he bring to the table exactly what does she bring to the table all those kind of questions come into it as opposed to what can i bring Bring. thanks very much because the amount of conversations (laughs) i'll have or i'll hear i'll say i'll just hear all these things about the other person yeah you are you married to boo well, that's it. Like, are you eligible? What are you? What value are you adding? Exactly. But, but we are always looking to be on the receiving end of value. Hey, 
Hey, but let's not let's not let's go too not far digress. with that one. But yeah, no, I I think this has been a great conversation, one that we're gonna delve into more in the future. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for for coming on. The thank truth we know. <laughs>